This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet is brought to you by Carnivora. Get healthy and stay healthy with nature's nutritional powerhouse. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about all things feline with two special guests, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore clients sharing their pet's testimonial. My cat had issues that developed in his eye, and six months later, they had to go ahead and scrape the eye. And three months later, the same ulcer came back on in the same eye. So my veterinarian said, you know what, let's go ahead and remove the eye. So that night, I heard the carnivore on advertising. So I said, you know what, I'm going to order this product. That way, at least I tried. They did the procedure. They did all the tests. To their surprise, they said, I don't know what you did, but I'll see you in two months. I, I kid you not. This product saved his eye. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to have Dr. Vicki Thayer and Steve Dale on our show today. Thank you guys both for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It's always yes. good to talk to you. Thank you. So first of all, Steve, do you mind just giving us a brief intro of who you are and what you do? And then we'll introduce Dr. Thayer next. Sure. Let me look it up. Uh, it says here, I'm a certified animal behavior consultant. I, among other things, write books about pets, contribute to books about pets. I host uh, not one or two because that's boring. I host three radio shows about pets, including one heard on WGN where I am in Chicago, as well as two national shows. Uh, some folks can see me on television on a variety of different programs. I speak at veterinary conferences, typically in different places around the world, more recently from my living room. And most importantly for me, I'm on the board of directors and have been for 15 years or so now of the Wind Feline Foundation, which we have a very special announcement to make. But first, Dr. Thayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Vicki Thayer, and I live in Oregon, and I'm a longtime cat-oriented veterinarian and really a cat specialist. And I've been very involved in organized veterinary medicine through the AVMA House of Delegates. 
American Association of Feline Practitioners and also a board member and executive director of Win Feline Foundation, now Every Cat Health Foundation. And I'm also on the board of a uh, fairly large cat shelter here just outside Portland, Oregon. So I'm very excited about all the exposure I get to cats and their health and welfare. Wonderful. Well, thank you both of you guys for all that you guys do. Now, I did want to mention Win Feline Foundation. Now, I know this in the veterinary space, but a lot of cat owners may not know this. And from my understanding, you guys just changed the name to Every Cat Health Foundation. Do you mind just giving me a little bit of background about what VIN's mission is and why they ended up changing the name? The Wind Feline Foundation has been around since 1968. It was begun with $150 by a guy by the name of Robert Wynn, hence the name Wind Feline Foundation, and originally to focus studies on cats, particularly pedigree or purebred cats. No one was doing that back in 1968. I mean, no one was studying or researching cats. Cats have always been the second-class citizens. And actually, that's still the case to an extent. The good news is that's changing. Now, about $7 million, countless research studies later, I dare say, and Dr. Thayer can add to this, but I dare say that if you have a cat, if you know a cat, if you've ever seen a cat, that cat has been impacted and is every single day by studies we have funded. Everything from illnesses cats get to treatment for those illnesses that, that are received by all of you people who love your cats to understanding cat behavior. Not only cats at home in your home, but outdoor cats, feral cats or community cats, as well as cats in, in shelters. Dr. I would add to what Steve had to say in, in the sense that beyond the health studies that we uh, support, a lot of our mission too is also an education. So it's informing cat lovers about what we do, what their cat, their health, and also veterinarians so we can bring this information and better the lives of cats, help them live longer lives, and also, you know, people to enjoy their their cats right alongside them. So since we help every cat every day, we thought, you know what, when Feline Foundation People don't know what that is necessarily. The name doesn't explain what we do. And you're right. People in the veterinary profession know, researchers know, but cat lovers don't always know that. And and you look at the name, it doesn't explain what we do. So we thought every Cat Health Foundation clearly explains what we do. And it is helping cats, everyday cats, every day to be healthier, both behaviorally and medically. Now, I know you guys play a key role with funding veterinary research. And this is research really designed to help every single cat out there survive longer. Now, two of the biggest developments that have been hitting the press, one of them is FIP. And if you have a purebred cat, especially a Bengal, I've just seen so many cats, unfortunately, diagnosed with FIP. Dr. Thayer, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about FIP? Now, we've had a previous episode about it, but I know there's some cutting edge research that's coming out. And as an emergency critical care specialist, when I used to diagnose cats with FIP in the emergency room, it was a death sentence. They only had a couple of days to weeks. How is that different now, Dr. Thayer? 
How it's different is that after so many years of studying and doing research on this, it's really a viral disease that affects cats. And in one form, or the feline infectious peritonitis form, cats can develop either effusion or fluid and body cavities, or it will cause damage to different organs, even the brain. And these cats, it just becomes a progressive immune disorder for them. And there's been no way to treat them. But in recent years, Wind Feline Foundation has funded a number of studies showing that we can affect the health of these cats. And there are treatments out there that can have cats be essentially on the way into remission. And now we're finding that many, many, many cats, even thousands can be cured with treatment. So where we felt we had no hope and no treatment, now we have ways, pathways forward uh, with antivirals and potentially other drugs that are very exciting coming up in future years. Did coronavirus or COVID-19 have anything to do with information we need to know about FIP? I think, yes, uh, definitely what I'm seeing is that the research that is coming out of the human side is filtering down and we're taking a lot of that science and looking at ways to, again, treat, diagnose, and really understand the effects of the virus on cats. So I, I think it's going to really amplify and bring things forward much quicker than we ever would have thought. And it goes both ways. How so? Well, the drug that has been approved, or isn't, it hasn't been approved yet, is undergoing FDA approval, is just like a drug that, I'll say the name of this drug in a moment. This is a drug that has been approved, the first drug approved to treat COVID-19 caused by the severe acute respiratory syndrome 2 that causes COVID-19, the novel coronavirus. It's called remdesivir. And at a WinFeline meeting early on in the pandemic. There we are, we're all meeting on a Zoom call. And the pandemic, people were just starting to talk about it. This was what, in early March, perhaps, late February? And we all said in unison, all of us meaning the board members of Win, remdesivir, because we knew that human medicine would look at this drug because in fact it works for, or seems to work, or a drug just like it seems to work, for FIP, feline infectious peritonitis, which is caused by the feline coronavirus. So no, people aren't cats, but it turns out maybe we have a little cat in all of us because this drug really does seem to help people. So this is an example of One Health, but none of this would have happened without what was the Win Feline Foundation and is now the Every Cat Health Foundation. Now, what can a cat owner do to potentially help Every Cat Health Foundation? Well, check out our website for one thing. I'm sorry, Dr. Thayer. Folks can check out our website. And from there, Dr. Thayer. I agree with Steve. Uh, Check out the new website, everycat.org. And just look over the whole website. There are many ways you can donate to specific disease funds like FIP, the BRIA fund. There's also one I'm sure Steve that will Steve will address called uh, the Ricky Fund uh, related to heart disease. But you can go and you know check everything out, and the money there is used to support research and education 
and we're here to answer questions and and help you decide where you can best use the funding and support. I know I'm a huge supporter and I see it every day, every year with the studies that we fund. I have a scoop for you, Dr. Lee, and I use the word scoop very carefully. So two of the largest pet food manufacturers on the planet have, and this is public now, just now, have come to what was the Win Feline Foundation, now the Every Cat Health Foundation, and have said, you know what? We really need to deal with kidney disease in cats. And we think we might be missing something in our pet food. And Dr. Thayer can talk a little more about this. Purina and Mars have come together for the first time ever. They've come to us, Switzerland, because we know how to get word out there about funding. And we want independent researchers, not necessarily affiliated with any pet food company, to be able to help figure this out. Imagine, imagine, I I don't know that we'll be able to do this, but imagine if we can delay the onset of all too common kidney disease in cats, or somehow even prevent it or provide a magic pill that works just like that. That's great to know because one of the top three causes of death that I end up seeing at the ER vet is chronic kidney failure. It's what we call acute on chronic kidney failure. And my own 19 and a half year old cat lived with kidney disease for years. And again, that's one of the reasons why it's so important that you have an annual exam with your veterinarian. And as your cat ages, for me, that's over 11 to 12. I actually recommend a twice a year exam and twice a year blood work and talk to your veterinarian. I would rather you splurge on blood work instead of vaccines because I want to make sure that we're monitoring that kidney function. And so, so frustrating by the time we often see it, it usually means that 25 to up to 75% of kidney function is gone by the time we see a cat showing significant elevations in their kidney function. So really important because again, it's one of the top three killers that I see in cats. Now we have so much more to discuss, but we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, I'm Dr. Justine Lee, and not only am I a veterinarian, not only am I a cat and dog owner, but I'm also a voracious reader. Looking for a good book? Well, heartwarming, insightful, and often laugh out loud funny, W. Bruce Cameron's A Dog's Purpose audiobook is not only the emotional and hilarious story of a dog's many lives, but also a dog's eye commentary on human relationships and the unbreakable bond between man and man's best friend. And don't miss the next in the series, A Dog's Courage, coming this May from Macmillan Audio. Order them wherever audiobooks are sold. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore Klein sharing their pet's testimonial. Our little dog developed this lymph problem. We took him in for surgery last year. We noticed a lump on his chest that was a lymph node that was swelled up. So the doctor checked it out. And- had it analyzed and everything, and uh, but the chemotherapy lasted for six months. He started developing more uh, lymph nodes that were swelled up. So I thought I'd just try carnivoric. We started that, and uh, he really responded. The lymph nodes started to go down, swelling did. Then I took him into the vet to have him checked out, and there was no sign of any disease at all inside in the internal organs at all. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735 or visit carnivore.com. 
That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking with Steve Dale and Dr. Vicki Fayer about Win Feline Foundation. And for those of you guys who tuned in earlier, you know that's been named Every Cat Health Foundation. So recent name change, but such an important organization because it's the only organization out there that funds feline health studies exclusively for cats. And I can tell you there are so many cats in the world who have benefited from their work. I know that they've funded almost $8 million in cutting edge feline health research. This has been vital for veterinary researchers and veterinary specialists to be able to make sure that we're doing appropriate research to make sure that our cats are living longer, healthier lives. Now, Dr. Thayer, I do see a lot of mistakes that cat owners are unfortunately making when it comes to their cat's health. And I was just wondering, what are the top three mistakes you see as a cat owner and as a feline practitioner that you can help share with our cat owners so we can improve the overall health in our cats? I would certainly say, and going back to what you had introduced just before the commercial break, is that cat owners need to trust a veterinarian and have their cats have an annual examination or as they get older, every six months you know, talk to your veterinarian. Also go out and find reliable resources for information. I think that on feline health, I think also additionally, um, when it comes to their cat, it's a case of um, looking at plenty of fresh water for their cat, good quality food, discussing that with their veterinarian is important. And again, probably just not maybe following recommendations on the annual examinations, the laboratory work, those are all important. And make it, you know, their house and their home for the kitty, you know, a lot of interactions, environmental enrichment, those are things that I think are incredibly important for for cats. You know, I will say a lot of people often will say, well, you know, my cat's an indoor cat. He lives on the 20th floor in our high rise and he gets really stressed out seeing the, the cat carrier and going on a subway or going in a taxi ride. And I totally get that. But I will also say that I had a high school colleague who reached out to me on Facebook and said that her 19-year-old cat was really sick. And it turns out she was fostering kittens and her 19-year-old cat hadn't been vaccinated in over a decade and ended up getting a life threatening infection called panleukopenia from these shelter foster kittens that she was taking care of. And again, it's so important. I always say practice as a veterinarian the way you would for your own pet. And so the advice I always give is I want you to do what's best for your pet. And it's the same exact advice that I take for my own cat. My own cats get weighed once a month. They have multiple choices for water. They stay inside. And to be quite honest, I take them in every six months as soon as they're over 10, 11, 12 to make sure they're getting blood work twice a year. So again, really important. 
work with your veterinarian because there are a ton of really safe drugs or medications or sedatives that we can use to take the edge off and make your cat really happy. And it'll really benefit if they get stressed out in the car ride. Now, Dr. Thayer, what about a second mistake you might see in our cats? I would certainly say, you know, in looking at your cat and, and spending time with them, watch how much water intake they have, how much food intake, watch for a change in behavior. Because if they're hiding out more, if they're not around and being social, like they should, what they have been, then I would definitely say, explore that further. Because oftentimes your cat is really trying to talk to you and tell you something has changed. They're not feeling well. Look at the litter box. Is there more urine? Is the bowel movement look abnormal or is there less urine so and if they're acting painful you know or something of that nature where they don't want to jump up or down looking for changes in their behavior how much they eat or drink those are all very important steve as a cat owner what do you have for the third mistake well not only as a cat owner but as a, a behavior consultant i mean the great news is that uh, the cat's thinking outside the litter box, right? And people go online and they Google and they, oh, cat's missing the litter box. I had 20 litter boxes and everything will be okay. Well, not if the cat has diabetes. You still have a cat that has diabetes. So if at any point in time, your cat has a change in behavior, absolutely, positively, don't assume the problem is solely behavior unless you see a veterinarian first. And by the way, you mentioned panleukemia earlier. Well, Pan Luke was early on investigated, funded by the Win Feline Foundation. Feline leukemia. It was apparently called, this was before my time, but I'm told that it was called the feline lymph node disease. People had no idea what was going on with these cats that were dying. It was the Win Feline Foundation that funded those studies where we understood then, oh, this is a retrovirus and, oh, we can vaccinate. Now there is a vaccine for that, of course. So all of these things, pretty much anything, I dare you to mention anything having to do with cats that wasn't once funded by uh, what was the Win Feline Foundation now the Every Cat Health Foundation. I'm going to encourage everyone to go to the Every Cat Health Foundation. All you cat owners, please make sure to save this in your browser, everycat.org. And the reason why I'm plugging this as a nonprofit is because the research that they do for feline medicine truly does help our cats live so much longer. A couple of decades ago, our cats weren't living to 18 to 20 years of age, and now they are because of all this research, because of the improvements in quality of care. Now, I am so excited as a veterinarian and a cat owner to hear about the key research that's coming out with FIP. I'm so excited to hear about some research that's going on with chronic kidney disease, again, because my own cat died of that. I also wanted to briefly mention my most hated emergency that I see every single day at the ER vet is congestive heart failure. Cats come in with fluid, not in their lung, but in the space surrounding their lung. That's what we call pleural effusion. Steve and Vicki, do you mind just giving me a little bit of background about, first of all, why do we see so much heart disease? And second, is there any research in that area or any updates that cat owners need to know? Well, Dr. Thayer can answer the part about heart disease, the technical veterinary part, but then I will tell you, and you will be jumping up and down, you will be so excited about what we have been doing and continue to do. But first, 
I will let Dr. Thayer explain medically what it is you're talking about. As far as congestive heart failure, what we tend to see is usually nowadays what's called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And it can come in different forms, but the major form is where the heart muscle is very thickened and the heart just isn't very elastic and it won't pump the blood forward into the rest of the body as efficiently. And therefore we get fluid back up in the chest cavity or sometimes in the lungs. So that's the most common form. And we do see that in any type of cat, but we in particular can run into it in specific cat breeds like Maine Coon and Ragdoll cats. And in those cats, there are genetic tests that can be done to determine which cat may be a carrier of this and be an issue that a cat lover can uh, watch for. So those are some of the more common types um, and ways that we see it. But certainly if your cat's very, you know, can be lethargic, doesn't want to move, just is really maybe breathing heavier, and you're just seeing, you know, a cat that's very uncomfortable, that's the time to see your veterinarian and see your emergency veterinarian like Dr. Lee. So I had Dr. Lee, a piano playing cat. His name was Ricky. Robin, my wife, did uh, animal assisted therapy with our dog and would go to the very famous in Chicago Rehabilitation Center of Chicago. And our dog, a little miniature Australian shepherd, would entertain children with all these tricks that I taught her to do. These are children in rehab. They would laugh at Lucy. Lucy would appropriately, Lucy was a comedian, which would figure with the name Lucy. And she was wonderful. But once my wife came home and said, I'm bored, I need something else to teach my dog. So I don't know why, but I thought, okay, a little kid's piano. I'm going to go to Toys R Us. I don't even know if they have those stores anymore, but I went to Toys R Us and bought a little kid's piano. I closed the door to the room and began clicker training, which is a way to train dogs or any other animal how to play the piano. And I would shape the behavior. She'd lift the paw a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. I'm first practice, 20 minutes in, if that, I didn't close the door all the way. And in walks Ricky, our little Devon Rex kitten looks at me, looks at the dog, looks at the piano and goes, ping, 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 ping. Wow, I have a natural born prodigy here, I thought. And Ricky also loved going out in the world. I would take him out with a leash and harness. No one at that time did that with cats. The bond that I had with this cat was something I may never have again with any other animal because I would be able to point to a hula hoop. He would know to jump through it. I almost didn't have to train him. He trained me. Most amazing cat. This was before YouTube, but television found out. And he did all of these TV shows, you know, ranging, I mean, Oprah's person hired a piano teacher, a real piano teacher to knock at our door, who took this really seriously during the shoot and actually looked at Ricky at one point and said to the cat, you don't practice enough. I said that to Luther Vandross last week. He listened to me. You're not listening to me. On cue, Ricky went, meow. Ricky was just an amazing cat. And one day diagnosed with feline hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, the kind of heart disease you guys are talking about. And one of the signs of this disease is sudden death. They just die. Good news is he didn't know he was sick for about two years, but then got sick for only days, but then just dropped. And it is by far the number one, by far, the number one cause of sudden death 
we believe it's probably the number one cause, this heart disease, the number one cause of death in any cat from about kitten age to where we're talking about kidney disease and you know we could add cancers to older cats who get kidney disease and cancers. But right in the middle there for middle age or younger cats. So I began what's called the Ricky Fund. And we've raised a few hundred thousand dollars plus the simple genetic test that, which is a cheek swap test that Dr. Thayer mentioned for two breeds. We developed those tests. And now we understand prevalence of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy much more. There was no understanding of all of that, but I'm not finished. We need to do better for this. And that is the reason, one of the reasons, there are many, why I continue to be on the board of now the Every Cat Health Foundation. We are determined to find a better solution for all of these cats. It is so frustrating. And again, it's likely inherited as it is in humans. It is quite common, um, unfortunately, in NBA basketball players. And, you know, so frustrating when it causes sudden death. My own cat, another cat also died of heart disease. And the frustrating thing about cats is they oftentimes don't have a heart murmur that we can hear when we listen with our stethoscope. If they do have a heart murmur, I'm a huge advocate. They need to see a board certified cardiologist for an ultrasound. They need advanced workup. They need chest x-rays. But when in doubt, please check with your veterinarian. Well, Steve and Vicki, thank you guys so much. Fantastic information so important and vital what you guys are doing and absolutely love it. And I really appreciate you guys coming on because the more awareness that we bring to pet owners about feline disease, the more we can help support research and funding that hopefully is going to help cure it like we are doing with FIP. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm going to encourage everyone, please check out the Every Cat Health Foundation. There's great information on their website, and you can also follow them on social media. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Steve and Dr. Thayer, along with Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.